listening to Book Nerds. Hello and welcome to episode number 43 of the Book Nuts podcast. Hey, I got that in the first take. If you know that, that's a pretty good thing. This is the podcast where we talk about books. And when I say we, the me part of that is Tracy Holtz, otherwise known as Holster. And the other part of the we is the one, the only, Mr. Blind Fury himself, Jonathan Nadu. Nice, Blind Fury. That's probably, a, I could have been called that when I was 15 or 16, probably. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, do you remember that movie? No, actually, I don't. Yeah, it's uh, definitely an 80s movie. Okay. Uh, I guess it's a movie. It's close to books. <laughs> um, the actor is, boy, I forgot his name. I'm going to look him up real quick here. So there'll be, it might be silence. Yeah, I'm surprised, Dora, Dora probably. I'm surprised it's an 80s movie and I don't know it because, I mean, that's my that's my wheelhouse for, for movies. I mean, anything from the 80s, I'm just like, I've seen it. I don't want to say I've seen it all, but I, you know, I, I could still see that, and I remember tons and tons of movies then. So I always, uh, always like kind of defaulting back to those and watching them because I, I can tell my wife like, oh yeah, he's walking through a room right now and doing this, and you know, she'd be like, how do you even remember that? I'm like, I don't exactly. Know. <laughs> um, I, it's one of those persons you know the face, but you forget the name. The main actor is Rudger Hauer. Okay. Okay. So yeah, um, but. Basically, he plays a guy that's uh, totally blind, but he's a martial arts expert with a sword. Oh, man. And... Now, now, I ha now I have to check Netflix and see if it's on there. I have to watch it now. <laughs> like I said, it's an 80s show. It, cheesy. I, I watched it a few, couple of years ago again, too. And cheesy, but I'm like, okay, that's fine, because it was an 80s show. As long as you realize a lot of stuff in the 80s was kind of cheesy. Yeah, and yeah. they they and they weren't really trying to be cheesy, but it was right. cheesy. As <laughs> yeah. soon as you understand and accept that, it's a good show. But there you uh, go. <laughs> so just yeah, just so you know that. So yeah, Rudger Hauer. So I I knew uh, he was in there somewhere. I couldn't think of his name. I did take karate before I lost my sight when I was younger. So I I could I could have been Blind Fury. Yeah, I took one day of martial arts in. Uh, it was, uh, I must have been like seventh grade, and they had a free day down at the local rec thing. Mm. And then I was, it was during the summer, and I was like, man, to get all the way down here, I got to like bike like six, seven miles, or I could play baseball, which I enjoyed more, and just go, you know, like three blocks away. So right. <laughs> I was like, no, no baseball one out. <laughs> so yeah. But hey, uh, before we forget, don't forget. Go over to podnuts.com on the right-hand side. Click that donate button right there. Uh, help Mr. Door to Door Geek out. I hear people complaining. They want him to go to shows. They want him to get more swag. If, if you complain, if you haven't donated, you got no right. So that's all we're going to say about that. We're going to move on. And if you have any comments, questions, questions, concerns, uh, just email Tracy at podnuts.com. If you want to join us or have a book you want to do, just let me know. If you want to get to old Jonathan, email there, and I'll forward it over to Jonathan. And before I forget, I'm going to give you the next couple books we are going to do here. So the first book we're going to read for the next episode is a book called Shelter. It's part of the Mickey Bolaire series. It's book number one called Shelter by Harlan Coben. I just finished it. I'm not going to tell you anything about it. Uh, better than I was anticipating. Let me say that. That's all I'm going to say on that one. Then, after we talked about it a few weeks ago, 
the book after that we're going to do is by the one, the only Mr. J.C. Hutchins himself. Book number one of the Seventh Son series called Descent. So Seventh Son book number one. That is going to be good. If you haven't read that, go listen to those two. You will not regret it for those two. So, but this time, what we are going to be talking about, there is going to be a book part and a spoiler part to this episode. We'll tell you when the spoiler starts section, so you can cut off to the end. You won't miss anything in the show. The only thing after the spoiler section is basically the spoilers, and we cut out. There's really no more information. Pest on after that. So, all in all, before we begin, we, we forget to do this a lot of times. I want to do it now. Stark's War. And this one is written by John G. Hemery. Um, it, it's uh, out of a scale of 1 to 10. I'm going to give it a solid 7. Yeah, I would probably land there. I would, even, I would almost say maybe even a 6.5, but 6.5, six 7 for me. Okay. Yeah, in that category for us means it's worth your time. There are better books out there if you want to do them first, but it's definitely worth your time. So this is book one of Stark's Command, kind of uh, um, Stark's War, kind of his, you know, there's three books, uh, Stark's War, then Stark's Command, then Stark's Crusade. Those are the three books in the series. It is a science fiction book. Basically, the 100-mile look-down view of it, he is a sergeant in the United States Army. He is stationed on the moon. Yep, on the moon. Basically, the Earth's uh, resources are dwindling down, and they can mine the moon, and they can get a lot of stuff they need from the moon. And the U.S. has a lot of territory on the moon. Other countries don't really like that, and the other countries started to attack. And the funny thing is, is even though they're fighting on the moon, on Earth, the two countries aren't fighting. They're just fighting on the moon. Yeah, so yeah. It, it's, you know, the, the countries down on Earth are like, yeah, okay, that's okay. We'll just fight up on the moon. We're not going to fight down here. Uh, and kind of a long story short, there's a lot of incompetence in this. Yeah. And uh, Stark kind of takes stuff into his own hand in a way, not knowingly. That's kind of the just setup so far. Anything else? Yeah, it's more, um, you know, that where, where you where you mentioned like things are kind of um, not running as well as they should. It's because. I guess you could say the higher ups, the, the people not, you know, foot, uh, boots on the ground people, the guys just kind of controlling everything from behind a computer screen. They they have one idea and the soldiers have another. And, you know, there's conflicting uh, ideas going on there. So, yeah, I could tell by reading this when I was reading it that the author had some kind of military experience, just how he had some terminology and how he did this and i also could tell and if you're in the military if you were you and especially if you're an enlisted person you will understand this you could tell he was some kind of an officer yeah um, i think he even said at the beginning of the book like you know i was in the military served for blah 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 he, he did mention that at the beginning of the okay book. yeah, yeah. I, I i don't remember that but yeah he was an officer in the u.s navy but how he wrote the book and uh if you were in the military especially if you're an enlisted you'll understand what i'm talking about how you can kind of tell if somebody's been in the military and if they were an officer or not. So and he was an officer. So it, it's uh, if you're wondering about battle scenes and stuff, a little off compared to realistic, what I would think would happen. But 
closer than almost every other book out there, which I did enjoy. It, it, it wasn't like real lot of real unlisted stuff going on. Uh, but uh, it, 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 I think if he would have been an Army officer, it may have been a little different. But him being a naval officer, I think he had probably had a lot enough working inside where he knew a lot of stuff, tactics and stuff like that, too. Yeah, yeah. For, for me, that might be why, like, kind of out of the gate, I kind of had to push through get, getting past a certain point in the book. Uh, there's a couple of times where I'm listening and I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it through this book. Like, it was like, I don't want to say dry, but it was very kind of along the lines of what you're saying. Like, you could tell this guy had, like, military experience. And so it was written in that way where it's like he wasn't writing to like kind of capture your imagination or building like the character in the book. He was like, you could, you could tell he focused on kind of like the logistics and how everything was working out within the story. Yeah. This book has a big setup before a lot of the action starts. There's a large large setup going on here. So you are right. It it does set up kind of and goes kind of slow. It it doesn't have one of those where it's kind of like exciting as well. It's developing along kind of styles at the beginning. This one is a true book. You got the intro, you got the setup, you got the building, you got the climax, then you got the finish. Just the true nature of how most books are written. That's how this one was. Nothing wrong with that. It's just the way this one was. Yeah, I mean, once I got past that kind of hump, it was a lot better, but it took me a little bit to get there. Correct. Yep. So, on that, anything else before we get to the spoiler section? Um, not really. It, it is, obviously, I guess you would assume it's a little futuristic since we're on the moon. So, some of the weapons and kind of, you know, things that they use are a little futuristic, but not like crazy disintegrating guns or anything like that it's it's just like slightly in the future it seems like yeah everything weapons defensive wise i thought were well thought out very well thought out whereas i could see a lot of this stuff realistically in 15 years it's not far-fetched to think that you know it's just right in our near near future that a lot of this stuff and how the battle were taking place was there and he, he didn't do, and this won't ruin anything in the book, he didn't do anything like really futuristic technology uh, that uh, made it hard, like, okay, everybody now has anti-gravity boots. Really? Right, exactly. You yeah, know, exactly. stuff like that. No, they had to deal with the lack of gravity on the moon. So I did like that where he didn't just invent a technology that's way out in the future uh, he, he kind of kept it just, just, just out of your reach. Exactly. That, that, so that part was kind of cool too, where it's like in the very near future. So I was like, okay, I, I could see this happening. Exactly. So, and on that, we are now going to go to the spoiler section. If you don't want to find out what happened in this book, turn it off now. If you don't mind that, carry on and listen to it. So again, thanks for everybody. If you're going to cut out here and listening, but let's get into the spoiler section. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Spoilers. Okay. Um, what what I thought from start to finish, like I said, it had that true intro, you know, uh, building up character development, climax, and finishing the book. Um, I thought was good, but I really wish the building was longer and the setup was a little shorter. 
that's going to be my big criticism of this book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that that, that that's kind of what I was saying. Like, just I just had to kind of keep you know trudging through to to finally find that breaking point. I was like, okay, here we go. And like now, now we're getting into the book. You know. Yeah, but after that, I I I really enjoyed this book. I, I really enjoyed it just because it's realistic. It's not like science fiction. You know, like like. Although I really go back to the Dresden Files all the time, it's like really all these different gods just can't kill him. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So there's a little bit unrealistic there, you know. But uh, a lot of realistic here, and main characters do die in this book. Yeah, yeah. So Which was it's surprising. Yeah. So it's not like uh, okay. Well, obviously, since you know there's three books. You know Stark is going to live through the first two. Right, <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. so I mean, you know that. So that doesn't give anything away. But main characters do die, which I do like. Um, not necessarily like I'm dying. It just keeps it a little more realistic. Yeah. But basically, what's happening is he, the powers that be, and this reminds me of a lot of the United States military through the fifties and sixties, where they were just had they were right they fought a couple wars and they were always thought we were the best we don't have to think and innovate and we're going to fight like we always have like everybody's fighting through the napoleonic way of systems until world war one came and everybody started getting decimated and they changed well then they changed to a more foxhole urban fighting through world war one world war two they didn't change during korea and vietnam it kept the same and it led to a lot of unnecessary deaths well the powers that be at this time frame on the moon were doing the same thing. And they says, we're going to, I forgot the terminology they use. We're going to use like the grand unified force or something like that. And we're just going to overpower them in sheer numbers. And Stark's like, wait a second, that's not going to work. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. deeply yeah. entrenched and they're going to die. So they did it anyway. And sure enough just slaughtered just slaughtered and doing so that was their big reserve kept back on earth that they brought up to the moon so now the united states military is pretty dang weak except what they have on the moon right now and there's still a lot of injured people out there so stark doesn't really listen to his commanders and kind of organizes some people and said let's go save those people and yeah, he does yeah, because there's like one small platoon that was basically left out of like, you know, everyone that went up and got annihilated. And Stark was just like, we're not leaving these guys out in the field because the commanders were telling the last platoon, march forward, soldiers, let's go. And they're kind of like, what? Like, we're wounded. We, you know, there's like a, only a little bit of us left and a ton of them. Like, what, what good is that? And, the, you know, they're like, move forward, soldier. And Stark's like, forget this. I'm not leaving those guys out there. They're, you know, they're our brothers and sisters. Let, let's go save them. And so they, he, he, I forgot the terminology he called it, but he like basically disconnected the communications between all of like the higher ups and like essentially took over command of, you know, the, the guys on the moon. Yeah, that after all this, they were really tried and basically became a bloodless coup um, where he really didn't want it. And everybody kind of made him the commander where it is now U.S. version 2.0 up on the moon. And the powers that be on Earth even said, hey, you know, uh, you come back to us, uh, you know, you can now be like a general. I forgot what they said to them, you know, and he basically said, no, <laughs> you guys are idiots. Basically, I'm paraphrasing here. 
And so this book is basically about him not really being in charge, but he is. It's it's how he became the commander and the first real setup of he's in charge. And book two really goes on to him being in charge. One other aspect of this uh, to keep in mind, too, in this book, all of the people on Earth can see these battles real time on a vid feed. So some of the higher ups will put the soldiers into interesting situations because that makes good television. And that's how they're funding the war is from the ratings on the TV. Exactly. <laughs> so it, it's, yeah, it's, like I said, you could tell there was, if, if you're a military person, I think you'd enjoy this book, even some of the dry setup in the beginning because it's it's the setup of the book. And it, it, I think you would enjoy it because it's not unrealistic. That's my biggest pet peeve with movies and stuff like that. That's why I have such a hard time watching military movies. Uh, some are great, but I nitpick them too much. It's like, okay, he's this great military soldier, but his uniform is set up all wrong. Really? You know, um, little stuff like that in movie drives me crazy, so I have a hard time watching them. This book I did not have a hard time reading because everything just made sense and it wasn't so futuristic like we said. You could read it, and it, it was done where you could see it being done if you were in the military. So uh, that's why I had a pleasant time reading this. Yeah, like I said, once once you get past that hurdle, it's it's a good book. Um, like Tracy said, I wish there, there there would have been less setup, more story, but that's that's the way it was. I've kind of started reading the second one. That that's a little more fast moving because now you're you're already in, in the kind of thick of things, so that it's a little bit better when you move on. But you know that's why I, I gave this like a six and a half, seven. It's like it's a good book, but there's better stuff out there. If you you know if you have two or three or four other books that you want to read, you could definitely kind of leave this one on the back burner. Yeah, um, just for the other two, Stark's War, I gave a 7. Stark's Command, book 2, I gave an 8. And Stark's Crusade, I gave an 8 or an 8.5. So they do progressively get a little better, in my okay. opinion. Okay. Uh, but uh, it's like one of those things, you know, if, if you have time, uh, there are some 9 books out there, you know, that I think are a little better. But uh, generally, uh, me and Jonathan find time for books we do want to listen to to, to fit them in somewhere. So, anything else you want to add on Stark's War? I think that's it. Cool. Well, thank you everybody for listening to this, taking time out of your busy schedule, downloading this episode. We do appreciate that. Don't forget to go to podnuts.com and give Dor a bad time. Just click on one of the comment buttons and say, loser. <laughs> and, you, and you can quote, say, Tracy and Jonathan said I was to do that and just do it. But saying that, thanks again for everybody for downloading list of this episode. Any comments, questions, corrections, or concerns, or you want to join us or have us review a book, email Tracy at Podmas.com, and we will go from there. Thank you, everybody. Everybody have a good day. Good week. See ya. Hi, this is Matt, the host of the MRP Tech Podcast. Each week, I discuss my adventures in technology in a family-friendly show. I'd like to invite you to take a listen to it. And you can listen to all the episodes over at podnuts.com and subscribe to the RSS feeds to download them directly to your mobile devices. I hope you're enjoying all the great content here on the network. And as always, thanks for listening.